Residents of Pesht and Buddha, take a relaxing dip in the hot spring baths of the ancient Romans, thank the Turkish occupation for their enduring gift of coffee, and what do you mean we have to wait until 1849 to get a bridge? Oh, it's time to talk tall to me. I guess I'll walk around. Welcome back, I am Omen Thomas Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are the unified city of feckless moms. And this is Talk Told Me. A Hungarian folk dance in the 10th district of Prague Rock in which Neo-Gothic Nick and Orzakaz Omen will attempt to navigate the narrow streets of every song that Oat Baroque rock band Jethro Tull has ever constructed. We will enjoy a sausage at Martin Fisherman's Bastion Bar Cafe, marvel at the Jerry Conway Castles, and snap a selfie in front of the Little Peggy Princess statue. And as we ruminate in the ruined pugs, and as we ruminate in the ruined pubs of the sixth, we may feel the alluring presence of a short, handsome stranger taking in the sight of our fabulous legs. Yes, it's the Harry Houdini of Prague Rock. The Hapsburg who Slapsburg, the man tube of the Danube, Ian Meat Pancake Anderson. Oh my god, those were really good. Those are all real things. Yeah, but the, the play on them was really good too. Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave in the fact that you accidentally said ruin pug. Because <laughs> I'd like to think of what a ruin pug would be. Oh yes, you see them walking around. Cigarettes hanging out of their mouths. Yeah. They already have poor respiration. A cigarette is really just straight to ruin. That's right. Nick, today we are talking Tull about a song that I have always loved and have Mm. always dreaded talking about on this podcast. Do you care to elucidate maybe one reason why you've dreaded or shall we save that for later when the lights, lights are low? Let's bury the dread deep down inside of us for a later date. That's what we've been doing for the last 20 years. Great. Perfect. And Nick, what is the song in question? We are on track number six, or B1, off of Crest of a Nave. It is Budapest. Yeah, and I actually used to think that the song was called Hot Nights in Budapest, but it's not. It's just Budapest. Yeah, yeah, it's just Budapest. Yeah. Maybe parentheticals, Hot Nights in Unparentheticals, Budapest. B, parenthetical hot nights in, parenthetical Budapest. Budapest, yeah. Well, shall we have a listen? Well, shall we have a listen? Sure. Let's listen to all ten minutes of Budapest. Get comfy. Nick, there we have Budapest subheading Hot Nights In. Are you still with us, Nick? I'm Nick, sorry. Nick. I'm, I'm sorry. My brain, my brain had stopped. 
Nick. The electricity is gone. So you need a jump start. I think I can honestly say I've never wanted to go back and re-listen to a Tull song immediately after uh-huh. more than this one. Yeah. Tell me why that is. It is, there is so much going on. It is so delightfully filled and emotional. Like it takes you on a roller coaster. And I normally don't like roller coasters, but I like this one. (laughs) Well, yeah, this is a different sort of roller coaster. Woof. It is sultry and sexy and a little disappointing. And it's, it's... I wanted to say it was like my high school career, but there was nothing sultry and sexy about that one. No, just <laughs> purely just disappointing. <laughs> this this song does have a lot going on in it, both in terms of the poetry and the music. This is one of the more mm. complex, composed journeys of a song that we've had in quite some time. It really... A very long time, yeah. Almost harkens back to the big concept album days in terms of its complexity. I, that's, I was thinking about that. I was trying to compare it, and I couldn't get, I couldn't really find anything post-Passion Play. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's just so much, so many layers. So let's start breaking down some of those layers. Uh, this is a track on which we have the you know, wonderful drum skills of Jerry Conway. Mm-hmm. Not a drumotron at all. No, you, I, you couldn't do this song with a drumatron. I think it'd be a, yeah, that'd be a tall order. Um, it'd be a lot of programming and a lot of post-edit stuff. Right, programming, reprogramming, shifting it for this part and doing this part, and yeah. Because, I mean, to your point, Jerry is serving a lot of different roles in here. He's providing texture, he's providing the backbeat in places, he's providing a, a driving force. He's also providing kind of a rhythmic commentary Mm-hmm. He's delving into the the world of percussion, not just of drums. Yeah, right. He's hitting many things. He's hitting things with <laughs> other things. Yeah, in a more abstract way than just drumming. We had a cozy up in the old gymnasium, dusting off the mandolins and checking on the gear. Not just on skins. Not just sticks and skins. Remember when we used right. to play basketball? And uh, one team would have to be sticks and there would have to be skins. Yeah. I was always sticks. You were always sticks. You had to only have your legs exposed. <laughs> that was terrible. That's basketball. sticks, yeah. You just get so hot in that burka. We, yeah. we, never, we never played basketball together. Just for clarity. Yeah, let's be clear. Listeners, don't think that we ever played. <laughs> the first thing I wrote down about this song was the layers of it build and build and build. Right from the very beginning. Raven and I just watched... Glass Onion last night. Oh, how was it? It was good. It was cute and fun. Not as good as Knives Out, I think. It was still very good. Okay. Ryan Johnson is a very talented director. Okay. The cast is phenomenal. Very, very yes. good. But in there, spoiler alert, in there there's a cameo of Yo-Yo Ma who explains what a fugue is. Oh! Oh! Ooh, yeah, and what's a fugue, according to Yo-Yo Ma? A fugue is, it's a simple theme Mm -hmm. that gets repeated and built upon and the complexity grows and grows with each repetition and with that directly in mind that opening 
mm-hmm. first, I don't know what, 15, 20 seconds, if not, if not longer. Yeah. Reminds me of a fugue. I don't know whether it is like officially or not, but. Nick, you are really coming in hot with the musical terminology, recognizing different musical forms. That's absolutely fugage. Thank you, Yo-Yo Ma. You are welcome, regular <laughs> person. <laughs> not Yo-Yo Ma. Yeah, so we have right off the bat the with just the flute, right? Right, super simple but haunting melody. Then we add the guitar on that. We add some form of a keyboard. Yeah, right, right. That is a long running, that's the theme throughout the whole piece as well. As simple as it is, it gets blended in and kind of sewn in with all the rest of the fibers to make what it is but it's so cohesive while it does it one of the standard features of a fugue is that you start the fugue with one instrument Mm. and then the next instrument that joins it it joins a little bit off in terms of the start point so you're hearing once all the different bits get going you can be hearing all of the different sections of the melody at the same time being played by different instruments and so you kind of get this multi-camera vision of that tune soundscape yeah done poorly it's just cacophonous and discordant that's row 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 your boat from hell yeah yeah i was gonna say is it is that really just a around i'm not really sure what the where the line between round and fugue is probably row 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 your boat probably that's that's definitely beyond the line yeah well beyond, yeah. Okay. I think that a fugue is a round done by fancy musicians. Yes. It's a sexy round. All rounds are sexy. Oh. All shapes are sexy. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're not shape-shaming here. As I become increasingly round, I like <laughs> trying to view circles as sexy. I just want everyone to acknowledge how sexy I am. <laughs> Oop, I'm rolling downhill! <laughs> so, in addition to all of these layers, so, so gosh darn layered... There are also so many, like, incidentals as well. Like, little guitar ping, ping yes. here, like, just out of the flow of things. A little violin sting here. They make such a tapestry. Yeah. I know how much you love tapestries. Oh my God, who doesn't? But you're totally right. There are some guitar harmonics that Martin mm. indulges in toward the beginning. Mm-hmm. We'll talk probably more about the violin, but yes, we have violin coming in at various points. I, I did a double take when I heard yeah. it. I was like, well, that's that can't be a violin. Oh, but it is. That real big breakdown at like 530 when it's the violin for like two seconds and then it goes back into flute and organ, I get literal goosebumps. Well, and then later around 7.50, the violin comes back mm. with that with that central theme. And 
and we haven't heard that theme on the violin yet. So it, it's like yeah. just at the point when we're like, you know, three quarters of the way through the song, it refreshes it for us. Yeah, very fresh. Yeah, absolutely. This song, if I were to make my own LP of Tall Songs, okay, like we made Four Wheel Drive and Automotive Engineering, I would make a She Said She Was a Dancer in a Budapest. Yes. I think they are sister songs. In fact, they could be about sisters. They, not twins. <laughs> not twins, no. Definitely cousins. Yeah. Quite possibly sisters. They're both so slowly languid. They're like, like treacle. And they both have zero interest in the singer. Exactly, yeah. I would add to that LP, if you could squeeze another on, Tall Thin Girl. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit of a different flavor. Exactly. Yeah, it kind of, maybe it's the amuse-bouche or it's the sorbet at the end, you know? Right, 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 right. Yes, to lift it. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't put it between the two, but yeah, it's in there. Those two, what a combination. Yes. So good. One said she was a dancer and one said she was a middle distance runner. Interesting how he doesn't question whether or not she was a middle distance runner. He's like, I'm not quite sure. I'm pretty sure it was this. There's no like, yeah, maybe she was. Yeah, I guess it's inconsequential. Right. You know, he doesn't have a thing for middle distance runners. He has a thing <laughs> for dancers. Except for this one. This one, yeah. But but the fact that she's a middle distance runner is not germane to his having a thing for her. The thing that fascinates me about this song, and we'll, I'm jumping ahead to the lyric section, but so little happens in this song. This is almost a complete non-event. Literally, the song is, we were playing a show, there was a very pretty girl. I mean, I feel like it moves around in time a little bit. It does a little bit, but there is there are very few events. It's also... It's just descriptive. It's descriptive, and, and there's yeah. nothing... There's no conflict, particularly. There's no, there's no crisis. Yeah. I, except for the, the spiritual crisis caused by an intense desire for someone that you've just met, have no idea how to talk to, and know that you're going to be... And know that you'll never see again after the next 30 seconds. Right. And are probably sure that she doesn't care that much. Exactly. Was it she said she was a dancer where you said, I know most people say this is a Dire Straits album, but this song in particular is a Dire Straits. I think you said that about she said she was a dancer. I think I did say that she said she was a dancer has a very Nopflurian feel to it, yes. I would have to say the exact same thing for Budapest. Oh my gosh, his voice? The guitar? Yes. The fascinating thing, I completely agree with you, this song has a heavy Dire Straitsy influence. However, it also is so vast that there's a lot of other stuff going on in there as well. It does go through periods, I wrote, we had to cozy up in the old gymnasium. Martin has a, a couple of guitar riffs there. Around that section, he starts that real, not blurry sound. We had to cozy up in the old gymnasium. Dusting off the mandolins and checking on the gear. By the by, I'm pretty sure that at this point, Martin is playing a Les Paul guitar, which is also what Knopfler was famous for playing. Hmm. So there's a technological overlap, I'm pretty sure, as well. Right, yeah. It's even easier to compare the sounds because those instruments, those machines, make that same sound. Yes, yeah. they have that same tone, exactly. Yeah. Going back to the idea of fugue around 425, 
we have what I would describe as as a Baroque feeling to the ornamentation. So Baroque music and, and also Baroque architecture is typified by you have a central form and then you have all these ornamentations on top mm. of it. Okay. And so in music, if you if the note is D, you might play D D D. And you can imagine what the you know visual equivalent of that is. But <laughs> and and there's a lot of Baroque, and I think that that style is a direct reference to all the Baroque architecture that is in Budapest. Hmm. Sure. But there is a we start out a section around 425 where it's very in unison between Martin and Ian. And it's that very flourishing kind of vibe. And then those two instruments break apart and it does become more of that fugue situation. Mm -hmm. It's really Mm -hmm. cool. This is a concert favorite, right? I think everybody who's seen them in concert has seen them play this at least once. Okay. It's been played 740 times. So to put that into perspective, Beret has been played 1,040, so 300 times more. Wow. So it's up there. It's really up there. And it's 10 minutes long, so that's 7,000 minutes. 7,000. 7,000 minutes. I've played Budapest. (laughs) And it's, boy, what a hell of a song for a concert, though. It's such a yes. sonic journey. Everyone gets showcased. They step forward. There's mists. Yes. That long breakdown in the middle. Mm, chef's kiss. Like, oh, so good. Very, very chef's kiss. Let's talk about Rick Sanders. Is this the ghost of of special guest <laughs> Eddie Jobson? Yes. Yes, before special guest Eddie Jobson left, it was in his contract that they took a little skin sample put it in a Petri dish, and lo and behold, a couple years later, they had grown themselves a new violinist. He's just a phylactery for the, the lich that is, uh, <laughs> that is Eddie Jobson. In all reality, he came from where a lot of Tull's musicians come from. Oh, let me guess. Fairport Convention. Does it rhyme with Schmerfort Grogrenschen? Everybody take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to take a shot for every time that Tull had worked with a musician who'd come from Fairport Convention, you would be in the hospital. You'd, you'd die. You'd need your stomach pumped, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. But your stomach would dissolve the pump. <laughs> yes. Yes, let's talk about him. Well, th- well, there's not much to talk about. No. Oh, okay. No, I mean, he brings such a fabulous element to the song, and I believe that we're going to hear him again on The Waking Edge. Ooh, cool. Another good song for violin, yeah. But it just I, I just love the bowed string sound with Tall. I've always loved it in Tall. It's not terribly common, so it is like such a treat to get it. Not these days, yes. Yeah. The D era was mm. Mm. We I mean we have we have trademarked D strings for a reason. Exactly. There's so much music here to talk about. We could spend hours just combing through it. The last thing that I want to mention is around the six minute mark, we have Martin on the acoustic guitar, I believe. Ooh. And it sounds, to me, improvisational. 
Whether it in fact was improvisational, I hesitate to make any firm stance on. Okay. Yeah. Everybody re-listen to that right now. It does have that kind of cadenza-y, Martin is just being left to do his own thing and is finding his way through it as his passions lead him. We have Jerry Conway making percussion comments here mm. on the side. And then yeah. around 710, the flute comes in and drives it forward with a lot of structure. Everybody falls in line and it marches forward through there. It's obviously at this point that they could just let Martin out of his cage, give him his guitar and say, Martin, we need a little a little fill for this. Right. And then he gets it in one. Totally. But also it's tall. So it wouldn't surprise me entirely if that improvised section was rehearsed a hundred times before they recorded it. Sure. Right. Yeah. I think Martin has said, I think we we covered this quote very early in the run, might have been Aqualung or Locomotive Breath, and that that those spur-of-the-moment, quote-unquote, live-feeling solos were played into the ground. And there's no way not to, you know, you're not going to do a new ditty every single night on on tour. Not if you play it 700 times. Yeah. Now, there are musicians who take a different approach. I mean... If you look at Frank Zappa, mm. he had a quote as, of saying, you know, it's really interesting listening to him speak. He said something along the lines of, well, there's different kinds of different types of musicians. There's some people who create the tune and then go out on stage on play it. And then, and then what I do is I don't plan the solo at all. I just go and find my, my way through it in the moment with the people who are there. And yeah. It's like, well... Yeah, but 700 times in a row, do you do that? I know. It's interesting. Like, if you're going to do the same thing 700 times in a row, how do you keep it fresh for yourself? That is a comment that you expect from someone like Frank Zappa, but yes. how, how applicable is it? And everyone has their own style and their own approach. I think we've talked about the music section. Sufficiently. Quite a lot. I don't have anything else. Let's... I lied. There was one other thing I wanted to mention. <laughs> We talked about the Mark Knopfler connection, and for a lot of this song, you could be forgiven for thinking, oh yes, that's Ian's doing his best Mark Knopfler vocal impersonation. Mm. But then at the very end, when he's leading out the fade out and doing the hot night, hot night in Budapest, yeah, he is stretching his range and really singing it very tunefully, and it's exciting to hear. Yes, agreed. This mystery middle distance runner lady has pushed him so far, he's been forced to start singing again. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's a miracle. That's right. Yeah, he got up and and started walking after being diagnosed with polio. Well, it's uh, it's pretty warm here in the studio. Why Why don't we step out and have some ice cold wine? That's a great idea. Dessert wine. Dessert wine for breakfast. Yeah. Master Nick! Oh, 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 Master Nick! Oh,
Master Omen, you look so sweaty and hot. Why don't you rehydrate with this super wine? Is that super wine? I don't know what she's talking about. Supper wine? Have you been having some of that wine, Mary? Ah, look at me legs! They go on for eight miles per leg! Is that, a, is that a nautical mile, Mary, or how are you measured? What are your units? Me lover wrote me a letter and titled it 30,000 Leagues Under Mary's Legs. 30,000 Leagues I Want to See. Mary, thank you so much. Why don't you Why don't you go and take a break? I don't know. It's, it seems like you're getting hotter than anyone in here. Yeah, she wasn't even listening to the song. No. So do we have anything to talk about here, Nick? Nothing. In that case, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> okay. Ten-minute song, but it, about half of it is lyrics. It's it's certainly not action-packed with full story, you know. It's very poetical. Mm-hmm. And it's also very concrete. It's interesting. I mean, nothing happens, but it's very concretely described. Yes. With flower, you know, it's not like an Ikea, an, an Ikea manual to put together your Hootsfelten. No, it isn't. There's a lot of feeling behind the, the word choices here and the description. Let's talk about a budding stately hero. Translation wasn't clear. Could be a budding stately hero. International competition in the year, in a year. That's for a middle distance runner. I think she was a middle distance runner. Translation wasn't clear. Could be a budding stately hero. International competition in the year. And in the Eastern Bloc, everything was run through the state at that time. And you represent the country, like you are the pride of the country. Right. And they would, the, the state would go out and find athletes and say, yes, okay, you're coming to the central city and we're going to train you and you're going to win us gold medals. Yeah. And they would oftentimes start that process at, you know, age six or seven. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, not so early, but it's similar to the college football process. Uh-huh. They find freshmen and sophomores. They're, they're picking people for... Right. Three years down the road to, to go to their school. Yes. I think the big difference is that in the Eastern Bloc, there was even less of a choice. It was like... Oh, sure. It was right. like, you're doing this. For the motherland, yeah. Yeah. I think that one of the things that I read into this text is that it's the physique of this person. It is literally the physical presence of this person that is so entrancing. Inebriating ineffable inexhaustible Ooh, but one would like to try <laughs> let's finish running this mile and, and we'll see how tired you are <laughs> so yeah the, that whole first verse is really like about her being this middle distance runner she was a good enough reason for a party she was a good enough reason for a party is that oh we're being visited by a, a state athlete so Hey, let's have a party. And she's pretty, so. Or is it just that in the monotony of touring, any occurrence that is right. out of the ordinary is a good enough reason to have a little party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. 
And in this case, the band members all walk in and all of their jaws drop. And they're like, oh, my God, this is the most beautiful woman we've seen in, in six cities. This is definitely a reason for a party. Right. Yeah. I love where you couldn't keep up on a hard track mile. Well, you couldn't keep up on a hard track mile. That can carry several connotations. You know, obviously, oh, she's a good runner. You can't keep up with her. Right. Way too fast. But, I mean, what other connotations are there for keeping up with someone? Yeah, I mean... Energy, wits, intellect. Uh-huh. I'm hard-pressed to think wits and intellect just in, in terms of the, the language barrier. Right. Yes. There's two things that it makes me think. Perhaps there is something just so charming about her that even with the language barrier, she has this ability to befuddle and be a step ahead socially. Like, maybe she's mm-hmm. just such a you know you meet some you meet people sometime who are just so they have such a high degree of emotional intelligence yeah that it doesn't matter if they speak the same language as you yeah you just feel like oh my god i can't i'm not on the same level as this person yeah there's a there's a charm there yeah yeah and i think that's that gets into the the perfect smile yep i was that's i was gonna tie that in yeah and she wore a perfect smile but I also think there's a connection too with the you couldn't keep up that there's the notion of a, of a chase. You know, often in, oh, in sure. music and poetry and everyday speech, we talk about chasing after people that we're attracted to. And there's something interesting about there's a prey that you literally just can never catch. Yeah, there's something unobtainable. There's an unattainableness that is in that is that permeates this song. Yeah, it's. It's a nice twist from normally like, oh, I, I've been pursuing her and I get her and we're in love and it's the end. You know, it's a happy ending. This is, right. this is uh, you can't keep up. And it's while you couldn't keep up on a hard track mile, while she ran a perfect circle. While she ran a perfect circle. Running a perfect circle, obviously a track is, uh-huh. is a circle, but think of running circles around someone. Uh-huh, 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 same uh-huh. thing. Same thing with the keeping up. I think those two work together. So then we get a little bit more detail about why she's there, or at least what she's doing there. Yeah, we get our location. We get our environment. Right, we're in the old gymnasium. Why Why they are in the old gymnasium, don't know, but it seems like it's connected to the concert venue somehow. That's their, that's their staging area. Yeah. They're unpacking, they're checking on their instruments. She was helping out at the backstage. So she's volunteered. Maybe she volunteers at this concert venue to get to see the acts for free. I mean, that's a pretty common thing. Yeah. And she's so freaking pretty that they let her do whatever she wants just because they love having her around. Yeah. Next line, stopping hearts and chilling beer. Oh, my God. I love that. Stopping hearts and chilling beer. That's how she was helping out backstage. I mean, she could have been moving stacks of amps all on her own but how she was really helping was stopping hearts and chilling beer morale officer yeah exactly exactly i love that line too so good then we get you know quite this is where it starts to get a little bit intimate yeah i don't know if we've talked about the male gaze on this podcast i feel like we have there is in western society there is this concept yeah there's this idea of habit that men are allowed to and should look at desirously anything that they desire 
without acknowledging or without being aware of the consequences that that act of staring at somebody might have. Without reproach, and it doesn't matter who or what it is. Right, it only matters how I feel about it. Because that's the toxic masculine thing to do. Right, so acknowledging that, she apparently had very long legs. (laughs) They... Went on forever, yeah. Yes, and her legs went on forever. Like staring up at infinity. I mean, if that was actually true, if you had infinitely long legs, that would be a, that's like sort of Cthulhu level of, of horror. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like there are are old like seventies cartoons where the, the women had teeny tiny bodies and like these long peg legs. Right. Terrifying, terrifying. But the idea of like staring up at infinity, there's something so mesmerizing at this person that you feel as though the universe continues infinitely in their direction just mm-hmm. by looking at them. Yeah. Have you ever experienced that? And don't say when looking at me, don't have to flatter me. <laughs> Being so astronomically drawn to someone or something yeah that it changes the the nature of the universe i mean rook is pretty amazing when you see him when he has no idea that you're watching him and he's just like sitting there coloring or building something or even just playing a video game like it's it has created a world for me yeah wow yeah I can definitely, I've had a thousand crushes in my life. And and sometimes they, you know, they have come out very strong and very sudden. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, of course. I can relate to the feeling of like, literally nothing else matters anymore. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we were both that way in high school, you know? Oh, yes. And in college. Uh-huh. And until we got married. But <laughs> and now sometimes. But. Yeah, there's a a flip of a switch for some people, and it's just you can't think of anything else. And in this case, it is extrapolated into the divine, into the the world of of the ultimate mystery of the universe. I mean, if we skip ahead a few verses... Do we want to skip the next line? Oh, yes, I think we do. (laughs) No, let's, let's... Oh, yes, like staring up at infinity through a wisp of cotton panty. Along a skin of satin sea. Like staring up at infinity. Through a wisp of cotton panty. Along a skin of satin sea. I mean, it's a bit... It's uncomfortable making to me. A little, but it also... I think part of the reason it's uncomfortable is because it accurately describes the imagination yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping it's imagination. Yes. You know, I'm I'm hoping it's not like someone like r- really sneaking a glance. No, I think it's I think it's when you undress someone with your eyes. Okay. It's painful, but it gets the job done. <laughs> My eyes are exhausted. <laughs> My ophthalmologist says I have to stop doing that, but especially when someone's wearing velcro. <laughs> not great. I thought that laser surgery was where you get lasers implanted in your eyes. I was so disappointed to find out that's not the case. But you don't need your glasses anymore, so win-win. Because I can't see anything. (laughs) If we skip ahead a couple of verses, it's talking about how she's stuffing 
warm white wine into the into the icebox. It's, mm. it, you know, and it talks about the heat. Yes, right, right. Describes her as some weird, unearthly vision, mm-hmm. wearing only t-shirt, pants, and skin. She bent down to lower the icebox. Just got some more water. As if she's a celestial being or or a some manifestation that has taken a human form. Yeah, I, that's that's a good point. I'm glad you went with celestial being because weird. The original definition of weird is not strange and foreign. It's so different. Yes, that it is. It transcends your being able to comprehend. Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that and like again, celestial, like you said, that was applied to the angels, like the original visage of the angels when they came right. down. They've got the eyes on the wings and the thirty wings, and yeah. And they have to be like, "Be not afraid." I know this is weird. Freak the fuck out, not. <laughs> but I bring a message from God. But I bring a message. The message is stop eating those mushrooms. <laughs> Okay, so like you pointed out, there are several different phases of this song, Mm -hmm. and it goes fairly chronologically, at least in reality, but then there is the cyclical nature of the mind described in this song. Yeah. So in the first couple of verses, we we meet her, they're kind of all hanging around, and then we have the show. You could cut the heat, peel it back with the wrong side of the knife, feel it blowing from the side fills. Cut the heat, feel it back with the wrong side of the knife. Feel it blowing from the side fills. Feel like you were playing for your life. If not the money. The side fills are the speakers that are on the sides of the stage pointing inward so that when you're playing, you are more enveloped by your own sound rather than just having the monitors in the front. Hmm. But in this case, it felt like the speakers, like the sound itself was heated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Feel like you were playing for your life, if not the money. Yeah, is that because it's just so hot that you're trying to survive the concert? (laughs) Maybe, maybe, yeah. Or, I mean, is it, she is now my reason for life, and I, when I finish the concert, I get to go back to her. Yeah, and maybe if I play really well, she'll she'll give me attention. Sure, right. Yeah, you. Oh, uh, interesting. I hadn't I hadn't thought of that. You peacock it. Yeah, yeah. I wanna see your peacock cock cock your peacock cock. I wanna see your peacock cock cock your peacock cock. You know that Katy Perry song? Now you do. I think you know. Yeah, thank you. I think you know the answer to that. I had I had always interpreted that line differently as a youth. I always thought that like they were playing such a rough concert, like it was it was like such a rough crowd that they felt like they were oh, playing for their life in a biker bar. <laughs> they yeah. have the the mesh. The uh, they have the oh yeah the chain link fence in b- yep. between them and the and the listeners. So then we have the after show mm-hmm. part where she's loading the icebox, and then yep. suddenly we have. But the boys and me were heading west, so we left her to the late crew and a hot night in Budapest. But the boys and me were heading west So we left her to the late crew On a hot night in Budapest We 
had to leave. We got to get back on the road. We got a concert tomorrow. Going back to the toxic masculinity, there's this idea that this woman is exists to be possessed by someone. And so there's the, right. the opportunity cost of, well, since we're leaving, someone else is going to get her, which maybe she's not interested in anyone. Right. We couldn't finish the wine. We'll leave it for the next guys. Mm, yeah. I mean, the wine's okay, but you, you, you don't do that with a human being. Right. <laughs> right. And so acknowledging the that it is a product of its time in that yeah. regard. Right, right, right. But then... It goes back to talking about her. We've already left the city, but it's now reminiscing about her. Yeah, right, right. Oh, fond memories. <laughs> fond memories of 15 minutes ago. She didn't speak much English language, but she didn't speak much anyway. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She wouldn't make love... I mean, maybe they asked, maybe they didn't, but she could make a good sandwich. <sighs> she didn't speak much English language, she didn't speak much anyway. She wouldn't make love, but she could make good sandwich. She poured sweet wine before we played. <laughs> Nick. So if I cannot sleep with you, at least give me good food to put in my stomach. I feel like this is the one line that ages the most poorly. In this song, in particular, yeah. Maybe in Tull. Well, no. I mean, Kissing Willie's coming up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not far. Well, that might be an ever... Well, we'll have to see. It's not evergreen. Don't. I know you're going to say you're <laughs> saying that. It's not. It's not. It's not. But yeah, I mean, it's that... Oh, gosh. It's that really gross, like, 80s man stand-up of, like, hey, get in the kitchen and, and make me a sandwich and... Where are my slippers and where's my beer? And there's this either you're something to fornicate with or you do domestic labor. You serve me. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like there is I feel like it's that bus ride where all of them have fallen in love with her. And all of them are talking about how all of them are like envisioning their fictional lives with her in a way. Okay. Okay. I also just had the idea that it's. Sometimes people have those brag moments of the conquests that they have. Oh, I uh-huh. slept with her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but this is, since no one can have that moment, they reminisce with the only good thing that they have. Oh, remember that sandwich that she made? Oh. Maybe they're bragging about that. <laughs> the, the sandwiches that she made for them? Yeah, maybe Jerry's like, well, you know, she made me a sandwich. <laughs> what? Oh, she just poured the wine for me. God. <laughs> That's, Yeah. That's that's possible there Grasping too. Grasping at straws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That level of like self-acknowledged patheticness, if uh-huh. if that is what this is, really kind of redeems this song. I think, if that's what this is, and really, it's all just poetry, and it is up yeah. to us to, it's up to us to be vessels in which meaning can be created, and. Are we just reading too much into it? Maybe it is just statement of fact. She turned away our advances, but man, she did make a good sandwich. I, why not? You know, I mean, it, it could just be that simple. I think we, we may be digging a little too deep. But I do think that this, this notion of like when you can't stop thinking about someone yeah. is very supported in the text. After the, yeah. hey, Budapest, cha-cha-cha, let's watch her now. Bridge connection. And then we go on that huge epic sonic journey. Yes. 
We come back with, I thought I saw her in the late night restaurant. She would have sent blue shivers down the wall, but she didn't grace our table. In fact, she wasn't there at all. Yeah, I mean, I remember my first girlfriend from high school. I saw her all over the place. No, I yeah, when you become obsessed with someone, you start projecting them with your mind into places. Yeah. You look for them and expect them everywhere. Yeah. So, and then we get to the line that really, I think, is is perhaps the most interesting and casts a light backwards on the rest of the lyrics. Hmm. Her heart was spinning to the Westlands, and she didn't care to be that night in Budapest. Her heart was spinning to the Westlands, and she didn't care to be. One of the most captivating things about people is when they appear to be, they appear to have everything that would make them desirable, including maybe having their own desires fulfilled. I mean, you know, she's Mm. an athlete at the start of this wonderful career. But having that element of of melancholy or longing in a person can create a vulnerability that can make people think about Audrey Hepburn. I'm doing it. Okay. Now stop thinking about Audrey Hepburn. Okay. <laughs> Take a shower. Audrey Hepburn was of course very beautiful. But she had that one of the qualities that made her such an amazing film star was she had that kind of innocent, not helpless, but kind of like lost expression yeah that as soon as you see her you're just like oh oh my god (laughs) god i just want to like i just want to reach out and and help you she didn't need any help right she was part of the resistance against the nazis (laughs) there was a portrayed naivete there yes and and a a longing a desire for something that was out of her grasp that just that she was able to portray Mm -hmm. i mean breakfast at tiffany's is sort of that's whole that's the whole plot of it it's like she's this fabulous person that everyone wants and she wants something that she can't have and that's what makes her even more alluring Mm -hmm. yeah anything else oh there's a there's a moment it's pre-cha-cha-cha i think it's right it's kind of in between two of the first and the second verse might might be after that but there's a moment where where ian goes Oh, really? Like, yeah, like it's hot. Oh, it's hot. Aye. Oh, Ooh. It's, it's hot. Ah, it makes me miss the vocal ejaculations of under I mean, th- that was between that one thing, the cha-cha-chas in the hot, the Hey Budapest, cha-cha-cha, and just the kind of the incidentals, the, the instrumental incidentals, it did kind of take me back to the vocal ejacks a little bit. Yeah. But they've been toned down. Oh, significantly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he got treated for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he continues to do it. They just caught him out. It's like several hours of just editing them out of his singing. <laughs> Ian, stop. How? I can't. <laughs> Something in the 80s. <laughs> 
Nick, what song do we have the pleasure of listening to and then talking to all about next week? Track two off of side B. We're moving on to equally sexy mountain men. Ah, yes, yes. Equally sexy and even denser. Yes. Their legs also go on for infinity. But in a different way. (laughs) Until next week, you could be a budding stately hero of our hearts by joining the Patreon group, which will give you access to all kinds of gold medals in the form of two extra podcasts a month, and most importantly, our Discord community, which will send blue shivers down your wall. You know what would stop my heart and chill my kombucha? Is if you drop five stars into Apple Podcasts with a positive review, please and thank you. You can wear more than pants and skin if you go to our T Public page and get our branded Talk Tall to Me merch to impress and befuddle your friends. <laughs> the link to which you will find in the show notes. Until next week, I am some weird unearthly vision, Nick McGill. I am Cha Cha Cha, Omen <laughs> Thomas Sade. We are a wisp of cotton panty, the feckless momes. <laughs> and we will leave you to the late crew of Talk Tall to Me. Oh, Istvan, this heat, this... Why, of all the times to schedule an outdoor concert... Marcus, I just don't know what they were thinking. I mean, even the Danube is steaming. It is so freaking hot. I can't wait for winter where we can stand on our rooftops in our fur coats and have a cup of hot wine. I long for those days, Marcus. I long for them. We won't be working backstage at a concert venue when it's when it's winter, but certainly ah, not. Ooh, 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 oh, ow, you ow, okay? oh, that ooh, stack you... is hot. Oh, let me let me ooh. grab it for you. Let's Careful. let's put it together. Careful. Ah, 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 that was right through my gloves. I can't Ouch. believe it. Yeah, wow, that sun just really just baked to everything. Take ooh, a seat ow. on this. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. yeah, oh yeah. I was I just I just sat down on that. That metal barrel right there. Yeah, right there. Oh, ooh, let me ooh. let me let me blow on it for you. Oh, cast a sweat away from my. Look up at the sun. E. Oh, ah, my eyes. Oh, so bright. So so bright. So bright. So oh, so bright. You know, I don't. I don't know why we volunteered to be at this concert anyway. I mean, gets us out of the house, doesn't it? It's just the feckless momes. I. I mean, nobody's gonna show. Oh, ow. Nobody's going to show up for that. I was surprised at how long the ticket line was. If you look just over there. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Oh, that oh. that glass is hot. Careful. Don't I, touch that. Ah. Oh, oh, but ooh, pass me that wrench. We need to get this monitor t- tuned on. Yeah. Okay. Here. Ow. Oh, ow, the metal. But you know, ooh, ow. Ooh, the one ooh. thing about the yeah. feckless ow mm-hmm. moms is that ooh, ah, they are. They're, they're apart. Ah, ooh, ah, the the feckless smokes. Ah, 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 ah